welcome to the Next Level Life podcast. I'm your host, Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, qualified business and life coach, Edis profiler and speaker. The Next Level Life podcast is all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. You are listening to episode 17 of the Next Level Life podcast with guest motivational speaker, Mr. Chris Helder. Chris Helder is one of today's highest booked motivational speakers. With 16 years experience, he has presented his high impact presentation over 2000 times to audiences around the world. He is a best-selling author of three books, The Ultimate Book of Influence, Useful Belief, and his new release, Cut the Noise. On today's episode, we cover how to have a useful belief because positive thinking doesn't work, how to lead with love, not fear, how to use useful belief to stay present to achieve success and happiness in our lives, why we all need to cut the noise to live happier lives, how energy is our decision, his top tips for living a successful life, his 10 seconds of guilt technique, and how Chris is on a mission to help us eliminate guilt from our lives, bringing us back to gratitude to allow us to see the beauty in the everyday. I hope you enjoy today's episode because it is full of energy and Chris's awesome American slash Aussie accent. And I really hope you get a lot out of today's episode. So let's jump straight in. So welcome to the Next Level Life podcast, Chris Helder. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Hey, thanks, Christine. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. And I just want to welcome you to December. I cannot believe that this year has just flown by. It is absolutely amazing. I know. End of the year. So good time to reset and uh, think about what we're going to go do for next year. Yeah, totally right. And I just want to take a second just to reflect on the year that's been. And I noticed the other day that you posted you've done 156 presentations this year. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm on a, a nice little uh, five-week breakdown. I think it was probably well-earned. But uh, yeah, no, we did 156 presentations this year, which was terrific. And worldwide? Uh, yeah, all over Australia and, and New Zealand, obviously, but uh, I think I went to the States seven times. I went to Asia three times, and I went to Dubai, so we uh, we covered off a little bit of frequent fly points this year. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And so, I was just, as I was just saying, a couple of months ago, I got to, I had the privilege to see you speak on stage, and I was absolutely blown away by your energy, your ability to keep everyone really engaged, and your simple yet powerful message, and that's the reason why I wanted to get you on today. Oh, that's so cool. Thanks, Christine. And so tell me a little bit about um, how your, a little bit about your story, how you got started, what got you into motivational speaking and writing development, personal development books? Yeah, you know, um, and there's probably a, a couple things there. I mean, I, 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 first of all, I just feel, you know, very lucky to be able to do what I do. And I had 16 years now uh, as a professional speaker, so I've, uh, um, we actually did this promo because I've got a new book coming out in February, and uh, so we we worked it out. It's over 2,200 presentations now in 16 years. So this is, um, you know, I'm totally passionate about about this. I'm passionate about you know human beings and and people. And and as you said, just trying to really come out to take you know complicated ideas and just make them very simple for people to absorb. So 
Um, so yeah, going all the way back, I, you know, I, I studied psychology and sociology. I went to Colorado state university and uh, you know, I, I met a girl. I, I really literally always wanted to do this and I, I'm, I've just been passionate about this forever. And, uh, but I met a girl with an accent and she lured me over to beautiful Australia 21 years ago and here we are. So, you know, who knew? Yeah. Awesome. And is speaking on stage in front of thousands of people, something you always wanted to do? You know, going all the way back, it it really was. I remember the first time I saw a speaker, um, and I, I just was blown away. This guy was amazing, and uh, you know, I was watching this guy, and he was funny, and he was talented, and I thought, I, I remember going to, uh, I was like, is that a job? Is that actually a job? That like that that guy gets paid to do that, and uh, you know, so it is. And I actually spent years selling before this. I spent um, I spent years selling uh, another speaker actually as well. Uh, you know, so uh, I was passionate about learning, you know, about his programs at the time and, and, you know, sold him. So, uh, so it was great. So that really taught me the art of, uh, selling this business. And then, you know, then really, uh, 16 years doing this. So, uh, I'm very fortunate. And so what, what came first, the speaking or the book writing? Oh, the speaking definitely came first. Uh, and look, uh, you know, uh, you know <laughs> I really, it's interesting with the books, like uh, useful belief, really did very well and um you know i think uh, we're talking about that today. that that book um you know is literally in, in its in its category of australian business books is one of the highest selling business books of all time in australia and and it's a very simple book and and i think you know um i know you've read it, it it's i really had to actually fight to get it as small as it is um but i'm i'm just a big believer that after all these years of being a speaker and you know, I wrote a book that was 50,000 words and, you know, I just feel like I have, I have about 200 of those books that are big self-help books. And, you know, I'm probably like everybody else, you know, you read the first three chapters and then you put it down and, and, and you don't finish it. And, and so I just really had this idea that when you take a look at, you know, what people want from a business book, they want one idea that they can take away. They want to be able to absorb that idea, you know, possibly read it in a one hour period of time and then be done. Um, and that's this book, you know, so, and, and my next one, Cut the Noise, which is out in February, is going to be exactly the same. So it's 20,000 20, words. You can read it in an hour and 15 minutes, and um, you can read it from Melbourne to Sydney, and that was really the goal. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And I think, yeah, getting into useful belief, it's such a simple yet effective tool to look at the way that we can view the world and look at the way that we interact with people on a daily basis right through to the way that we get up out of bed in the morning you know like I think it's something that's so useful so tell us a little bit about your concept of useful belief <laughs> well it's 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 fun Christine because I, I I in some ways I, I I attack I'm attacking my own industry you know and uh <laughs> you know in that I just said you know, I just have heard so many speakers over the years get up and tell people to be positive and be happy. And you know what? We live in this world today that we're busier than ever. And I think that message just, you know, people don't, you know, be positive, be positive. And, it, you know, I started to do all this research on positive thinking and realized it doesn't really work. Um, and most of the time when you say to someone to be positive, I mean, if they've been in a rut the last six days or six weeks or six months and you told someone to be positive, they it doesn't make them more positive. It actually makes them angry. And, you know, in fact, you know, if you try to be positive, um, the studies show that by 10 o'clock when some bad's happened, you probably feel worse about yourself than when you started because you're now you're mad at yourself for not being able to be positive. <laughs> so, so I don't know, Christine, I just went with this. I, I really, this idea of useful to me is, is just practical. 
and it's pragmatic and it's just asking yourself, what's the most useful thing for me to do to get through this situation? Um, it's not, it, it really is a movie, removing the emotional side of, of motivation out of it and just really starting to think about, hang on, what's the most useful thing for me to do? Um, and then translating that into, into belief systems. So, um, what's the most useful thing for me to believe, you know, about the world? And, you know, I, I do think right now we live in a world where we've got more technology in our hand than Apollo 11. And I think we're more miserable than we've ever been as a society in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, I think it really comes down to, you know, you can see a lot of bad stuff if you want to. And, and because we live in this media age, we're exposed to so much stuff. Not that it hasn't always been there, but but we're exposed to so much stuff. And, and I think if you really focus in on it, you can really convince yourself that things aren't good. And, you know, when the reality of it is useful belief, I would say, what's going to be a useful thing for you to believe in? And, and the example I always use is if you believe this is the best time in the history of the world to be alive, then your brain's going to go find beautiful things. And, you, you know, you'll find a tree and a flower and a puppy and, and a baby. But you'll find beautiful things to see and, and you'll have a different outlook. Um, and, and that's more useful belief because uh, there's a lot of beauty to see. And, and it really is about your brain. And in the book, I talk about the reticular activating system, which we don't have to go into, but it's the filter that filters the, all the information that we see. And, and if we, you know, focus on the beauty, we're going to find the beauty. And just quickly, Christy, where this translates and has made people a lot of money is, is, you know, in a sales selling business context too. Um, uh, I mean, I've worked with hundreds of thousands of salespeople. There's one thing that separates out the best salespeople from average, one above everything else. And that is that the best salespeople in the world see the opportunities that other people don't see. Uh, and that's the whole bit of the brain about the reticular activating system. And they look for the opportunities. And no matter what the market is, they find them. While average people say times are tough. And, and these are tough times. And their brain will go find tough times. So it's not useful. Yeah, totally. <laughs> How was that for a quick snapshot? That was, that was uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I mean, it is funny. I, I just think trying to simplify all these things, I, mean, I see companies, they, Christine, they spend all this money on sending their people to time management programs that are like full eight-hour time management programs. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like, you want to you be good at time management, it's three words. Is this useful, right? I mean, this is <laughs> like do stuff that makes you money. What doesn't make you money? And, it, you know, uh, hang out with people that give you ideas. Don't hang out with people that drain your soul, you know. Um, so it is starting to think about what's useful things to believe and useful things to act. Yeah, 100% all of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's so much that I want to go into with that, like understanding that it's almost like, uh, bringing yourself back into the present moment and grounding yourself to go, okay, so what is important right here, right now? 100,000%. Absolutely. Uh, as, you know what? That's, in, and, uh, and I'm not, uh, you know, I know we're talking about useful belief here, but useful belief 2.0. Um, so the book that's in the bookstore is February 1 is called Cut the Noise. And Christine, the whole premise of it is that we are inundated with so much media, social media. News, fake news, again, bad news. But even more than that, like we're working longer hours. Uh, there's more pressure. And, and the big thing to me right now is that, that I'm sort of talking about that word effective, right? And, and successful people right now are effective, where a lot of people are totally and completely bogged down with all the stuff that's going on, exactly as you said, that they're not present, that they're distracted. So 
my new concept that I'm talking about right now is, is really very much around um, something I call accelerated focus, which, and the idea behind it is obviously everyone's trying to be the perfect partner, the perfect employee, the perfect, uh, by the way, yeah, you still got to go to the gym. You want to go to yoga class. You still, by the way, we're not allowed to age. Well, you know, we live in an airbrush. So we're not allowed to gain weight. We're not supposed, are we supposed to eat carbs? Are we not? Are we supposed to, is sugar bad? I don't, I, like, I, you, you can't, they change their mind. The goalposts change every, you know, on the Today Show, they've got a new study every day that tells you something different than what they told you two weeks ago. And it's so, it, it's just inundated with information and stuff. And, and I'm a big believer, it's just about simplifying what's important, what's useful. And have a focus on whatever that is at that time. And, 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 and we need to stop as a society feeling so guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all, you know, we feel guilty that we're not home if we're working. If we're at work and we're not home, we feel guilty because we're at work. We feel guilty that we didn't get a chance to go to the gym. Or if we're at the gym, we feel guilty that we're not at work. If we're, um, heaven forbid, you actually take some time for yourself and just be, go for a walk down the beach, you know, and uh, that's probably, you know, so all these different things that just to stop feeling guilty. Uh, and I, I got a new thing. I hit the book. I talk about 10 seconds of guilt, move on. And so you acknowledge the feeling of guilt and then you just like, bang, I can't do anything about it. It's not useful. Exit the feeling, you know? And so we start thinking about whatever we're doing. Let's get more focused on that. And let's really stop beating ourselves up about all the things that we can't possibly be. Cause now, one thing is that's true is perfection gets in the way of an outstanding life. And, you know, if you're trying to be perfect, you're, you're banging your head against the wall because we can't do it. Yeah, 100%. There is no, there's no such thing as perfect. I even hate, I hate using the word totally. So yeah. with your new book, Cut the Noise, love the title, by the way. Um, cool. So what would you like your, waters to, your readers to walk away with? So a couple, couple things. Number one is uh, I want to eliminate guilt completely from the world uh, around things we can't control. There you go. There's. <laughs> I'd like you to walk away just to have an awareness that I'm beating myself up trying to do a hundred things today that I have to get done, and I and I want I want people to really start thinking about it doesn't have to be perfect. We can all do the best we can and try to eliminate some of that frustration and guilt from, from people. Um, I want There'll be greater focus as well when you decide what's important and realize, again, what are the things that, that count? So in a business context, what are the, really identifying what's noise, what is the noise in your job, and what's the stuff that gets you result, whether it makes you more money or whether it gets you better, you know, you hit your KPIs or whatever it is for you but that you eliminate noise, right? And we, there's so much noise identifying what you're going to pay attention to and identifying what you're not. Um, so that's very cool. And and then that book's available now uh, at my website for pre-order. So as well, so um, which is cool. So both, so it's really useful belief 2.0. I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's totally focusing on the choice that you have, that the guilt is a choice and you can choose not to feel it and you can choose to walk away from it. Like that's cool. Yeah. Well said. I love yeah. that. So tell me, how do you utilize this in your speaking career? Uh, well, you know, we always write and talk about things <laughs> that affect us, you know, and, and obviously I'm busy, you're busy. Um, and I think when you live a busy, full life, uh, you can't do everything. So, um, 
so yeah, that you know, you do the best that you possibly can in the context of reality. Um, so obviously, being on the road a lot, you know, it is you know, there's that constant sort of thing about identifying what matters. Uh, you know, I I see a lot of speakers get bogged down. Um, you know, they're very worried about their you know, all the different little bits and pieces and, and, you know, of their business instead of just, you know, really, you know, where can I get booked, you know? Um, you know, I, I just try to talk as much as I possibly can. Cause I, you know, I love it. And, and that's how you make the maximum impact. And, um, but I see a lot of people that do get bogged down and, you know, in, in some of the, the, the businessy side of things. And, um, so, you know, very much for me, it's about cutting the noise, identifying what, what, what works, what makes money, uh, when I'm home, that I'm going to be home, um, that when I'm at my kid's basketball game, that my phone is nowhere to be seen, that I'm dialed in a hundred percent. And, you know, and, and, you know, when I've got three boys, I'm, you know, you know, you raising three kids and you're traveling all over you, you know, you, you, there's only so much time. So you've got to maximize that time. Yeah, totally. So over the 16 years of your speaking career, how do you feel that your speaking or your message has changed? It's been a cool evolution, actually, because uh, I think initially, I mean, I was tagged, you know, as the sales and communication guy and, you know, where I really, you know, really help people separate out from competitors and really work on negotiation skills and, and you know, master closing techniques. And so there was a, a whole sort of, I think I was really that sales speaker. <laughs> and, and I think, um, so I wrote a book called The Ultimate Book of Influence, um, which was a wildly bestseller, which has been published in five languages, which is cool. Mm. Um, and it's a great sales book. And I say, you know, but I think the evolution for me was that you can teach people sales technique, but what's going to be the thing that, that's going to get them to actually go do it, right? Um, and it was very clear to me that, that you know, this – I think as I've evolved too as a speaker and a writer, um, you know, what gets people moving, uh, and, and what gets people more effective and what gets people more productive, um, is, is my passion, you know, and, uh, and if we can incorporate that with some influence skills, then, then that's, that's bonus, you know? Mm. Um, but I, I think really, you know, having that sound sort of philosophy, having that sound sort of belief system is, is, is everything in terms of successful people. Mm. Oh, a hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about, is that, did you get that? that who was that? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, obviously we cannot talk about public speaking without talking about the fear of public speaking. Has that ever been a thing for you? And how do you deal with going on stage on a regular basis? Uh, it's a fear for me every day of my life. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know who in their right mind would ever want to stand in front of uh, hundreds of people every day. Um, it, it is, it is, an, it's, it, I must be a crazy person, Christine. Can we start there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I truly, I, I, um, I think being a little, uh, and I'll just use the word nervous. I think, I think the level of, of nervousness is a really positive thing because it means you care, right? Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you're, uh, anytime you're not nervous, if, I mean, if I ever get to a place that I'm not nervous, um, then I'm not ready. You know what I mean? That's, uh, like you, you, you know, I care very much about my audience and, and want to make sure that they get the most that we can possibly deliver. Then, and I always say, look, I mean, there may be people out there who don't like what I have to say. That's fine. I have no problem with that, but I'm going to give them everything I got. And I think for me that, 
excitement of that, um, that little bit of nervousness, I think it accelerates me. And, and I literally say to myself, you know, this is what I love to do. This is what I was born to do. Um, and, and then I literally say this to myself, I say, just go have fun and just go have fun today. And, and I think that's, you know, that is, you know, just finding the joy in, in that moment of being on stage. And uh, obviously, um, there's a lot of humor in my, you saw me speak. There's a lot of humor. I love the humor. I love the laughter that, that side of it to me is, you know, when you look out and see people laughing and, and, you know, when the laughs are coming, so it's great. Um, I just, that gives me total joy. Yeah. Awesome. So has there ever been a time where you kind of got off stage and went, Oh God, that didn't work. Uh, well, in, in, in 16 years of doing this, there's definitely been a, a <laughs> few times that I've, I'd say not very many, not very many, I, you know, I actually, you know, where I have ever felt that though, um, I would say it was usually a night gig over the years where people were drinking and, and I wasn't the right person for the conference. You know, they really, you know, they, they needed a stand-up comic or something because, you know, people were standing and drinking. So I think it's, I think the ones where I've really just, and I'm just not doing that anymore. I, like, I, I think those ones over the years where you, you're trying to, you know, even if it's a 10, 15 minute talk, you know, in those sort of cocktail party situations, they just don't work very well. Yeah. So you obviously learned from that and you're just like, no, nah, not booking them. Yeah. You know, just, you know, it's soul destroying because it, it, you get up and, and, you know, people, you know, cause I mean, you don't blame them. They're, they're, they're partying at the Ivy in Sydney, whatever they're having a night out. Like, you know, the last thing they want to hear from is a speaker. So just, I, I think generally speaking that I've had a few of those over the years. Um, not that I, I don't, you know, when it's a legitimate business conference, I, I think, um, you know, and it's, 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 uh, you know, and I've had some pretty tough audiences, but you know, you win them over. And, mm. and the cool thing about useful belief too, is you really, it is actually, it is actually motivation for cynical people in a way too. Right. So even if you get a cynical audience, you really can't argue with it. Cause you're like, Hey, is this useful? Right. I mean, it's like, I'm not asking you to be positive. I'm, I'm saying, forget positive. Like, you know, like just saying, Hey, you want to keep your job or you want to make extra money or you want to get a promotion. What's the most useful thing for you to do? I think because of the most practical side of it is even some of the most cynical audiences have actually really loved the idea. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. And I love how you talk about energy being our decision and you bring so much energy to your speeches. Is there something that you do to prepare yourself to have that energy? Do you know, I, I do believe energy is a choice. And, um, I, you know, one of the things I do talk about all the time is that most people, <laughs> most people are tired. Uh, most people are exhausted. If you doubt this, just ask them. They will tell you. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, you know, I, I think it's training your brain, first of all, that I, you know, again, here's useful belief. I am an energetic person. Right? I am an energetic person. And I, but that's your line. That's your audience's line. I mean, that's, you know, if, if you start believing you're an energetic person, that is a useful thing to believe. You know, if you believe you're tired. Mm. Uh, it was actually really cool. I was just in. Uh, I mean, look, short answer to the question is, I think, I think we have energy when we're connected to our life. And, you know, when you get connected and get excited about where you're at, and again, that's useful, um, whatever that is. And that doesn't mean that you've got to change things. It doesn't even mean you got to do something incredible or amazing. It, it really, you know, um, I think it really comes down to being connected to your life. When you're connected, you have energy. And when you're disconnected, you're tired. Mm. Um, there's two things that stop people from growing 
and I'm very clear about this, uh, you know, just it's obvious, right? Two things stop people from growing. One is we, we've all said, you know, is that you focus on or complain about things you can't control, right? We've all heard that. Yeah. Can't control it, whatever. Yeah, the interesting one is, and the second thing for me is, is that people focus on things they will not change, right? So what happens a lot, if you're not going to change it, right? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's women listening to this right now that wake up, might wake up tomorrow morning and think to themselves, before I look over at him, it's not going to be him. It's going to be Ryan Gosling. Um, it's going to be uh, Jamie from Outlander. It's going to be, you know, whatever. Look, and then, of course, you look, and it's still him. <laughs> it's not Ryan Gosling. But my point is you focus and complain about things you will not change. It, sometimes if we're not going to change something, then we got it's not useful to not dial into it, right? I mean, like, you know, I mean, sometimes, by the way, change, change is something that's not working in your life can be a good thing. I'm not, I'm not saying that for a minute. So, you know, sometimes it's, we need a new job. We need a new relationship or we need a new situation but for a lot of people if you're not going to change it right then let's have a useful belief about it (laughs) hey and stop complaining about it then (laughs) totally Uh, and so i think this once you acknowledge that you know you're hang on we're out of that i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna leave this job i work at this job this is my job so i'm gonna have a useful belief about it i think you'll find you're instantly more connected to it and when you couple that with uh, a mindset that I am an energetic person. I'm going to connect to my life, and I'm a big believer that you, you know you connect in all the different ways with with people, with your body, relationships, with your health. Yeah, I mean, I think if you put all those things together, energy is a choice. You're going to find you have. I most people have such a low bar on this one that you know you can find you can have a lot more energy very quickly. Mm, yeah, that's true. They expect so much less from themselves than what they actually could achieve. Yeah. It's true. And, and especially just even around their energy level. So, mm. yeah. It, I mean, is it useful? Here, let's go back to useful. Is it useful to be tired at 10 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> no. No. Like, so it's not. And why would you be tired at 10 o'clock in the morning? It's useful to be tired at 10 o'clock at night. So I just could, quickly, this was a cool one. So I was in Las Vegas a couple of months ago doing a conference, and this guy walked in the room. He was 74 years old. Anyway, he shouts out to me, Chris Elder, come here, come here. And, and anyway, I, I went to talk to him. And, and this, was a, this was a real estate conference uh, for the top 20 real estate agents in the United States, right? This is an incredible room of uh, big egos in this room, right? <laughs> and, but amazing. This guy comes up to me. He goes, he goes, he goes Chris, I'm 70. He goes, he goes, I'm 74 years old. He said, you told me life begins at 70. He goes, I want you to guess when I started my real estate business. And I said, I don't know. He goes, guess. And I said, you were 40? And he said, I was 70 when I started this business. And in four years, he's got 110 people working for him. And he's one of the top 20 real estate agents in the U.S. And he's 70. And he goes, and he, he must have said it 10 times. Life begins at 70. And, and, you know, of course, that's one of my lines is life begins at insert age. And, you know, but he was such a fan of useful belief because he's like, why couldn't I start a business at 70? Why couldn't I? I mean, it's useful. I, I can do this. I'm, and he's got more energy than the, the next six people sitting next to him, you know? So wow. sometimes, you know, it is, it is amazing. And the flip is, you know, I did a conference just recently uh, with this guy who's 20, 27, and he's, you know, one of the top salespeople in his industry, and, and he was an assistant twenty at 21, and now this guy's making just a fortune. And, you know, it just – and you sit back and go, you can see it on both sides. They both have a useful belief, right? Th- these are great times to be alive. It's, it's great to work hard. It's exciting to challenge ourselves. It's, um, there's opportunities everywhere. These are all things that 
I think when you install as your as your belief system, you know, you find beautiful things and you find opportunity. And I think most people, you know, so often what happens is, oh, these are tough times, the economy, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, politics, and there's this, and, you know, I, I, kids today, and, you know, whatever. Like, you know, you, you can get, go down the rabbit hole of all the things that are that are wrong. And by the way, if you're, you know, if you want, just, um, you know, if you, you know, it's like you're not going to find support on that, just turn current affair on and watch that every night. Um, that, you know, pick up the Herald Sun or pick up the Telegraph. I mean, these are the things, you know, there's plenty of poison and all that, you know? So, um, to decide what you're going to put in, it's not useful to sit and, you know, watch 14 episodes of your real housewives of four different cities, you know, like we'll start thinking about what we put in our, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it, honestly, if you're, if you're watching shows like a current affair right now, that's not useful. Like there's no universe that that's helping you get where you want to get to. No, so true. And so you talked a little bit about surrounding yourself with the right people. Do you have a, do you yourself have a mentor or someone that you work with or someone like group of people that you surround yourself with? Do you know, I'm very lucky in that I get a chance to meet a lot of amazing people. Um, I do not have a one singular mentor, but I, you know, and, and being obviously a part of a speaking community that um, I, I've got some, I, I've got some incredible friends that, that inspire me with, different ideas and and i think you know when you uh, yeah hey i'm a big believer I, I mean i'm going all the way back i remember one of the first things i ever saw like um i went to you know i mean going i mean i remember tony robbins talking about your income is the average of the five people you spend the most time with yeah uh, and, and i'm and i remember thinking that that was really interesting when i was in my early 20s and and, and i just if, I, I sort of even would even say this. I think I think your attitude, your outlook, your belief systems are the average of the you know ten fifteen people you spend the most time with. And you know um, it is it, you know it is fun. I mean, I was just I was um, yeah, I was just cut flying back from uh, Los Angeles uh, last week, and I ran into you know one of my buddies who's the top speaker here in Australia. And, you know, we spent like, you know, five hours on the airplane, you know, talking about, you know, ideas. Yeah, I just, you know, and so, you know what else? So many of the best ideas I have come from normal, random conversations. Like somebody will just say something and I'll be like, that is so true, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and that might even spur me on to a different sort of idea. Actually, Christy, I got asked recently, somebody said, how do you, how do you come up for the content for your books? Um, actually, this is sort of probably different than what a lot of people would think. I actually think about what really upsets me. Mm. Um, and I'll think about, so it is actually a useful process. So stick with me because I've just told everybody to not focus in on that. But I think you, you go with a useful belief about your life, but then you sort of think, what's the stumbling blocks? Like, what are the things like, okay, today I'm going to go and have a useful belief, but then all of a sudden something happened at 11 o'clock fell completely off that wagon. And why? Like, you know, and, and what upset me about that or what made me mad or what made me sad or why did I ever remember that thing from the past again? Why did I go back to that? So you, you know, I think we can all think like, again, nothing's perfect. Right. So when I think about, well, what are those negative things that happen or what are those stumbling blocks? I figure if they happen for me, uh, they must happen for everybody else too. Mm, totally. So that's sort of where I go. Like, you know, again, 
there you are, you're like trying to be healthy and all of a sudden you just say, man, I just totally blew that out tonight and, you know, I probably didn't need, you know, all that pizza, <laughs> you know. And you go, well, but hang on, what was it? Like, and it was like, well, hang on, I didn't have a strategy for it and I was hungry. Um, but, you know, we, instead of really thinking about what's the stumbling block, you know, I didn't work out today. Why didn't I work out today? What? Well, I got busy. Well, all right, but everybody's busy. So hang on. Well, I know what it was. I wasn't, I didn't plan, right? I mean, I didn't plan, it wasn't in my day plan, right? So, you know, starting to think about all the different negative things, you know, an anchor about something that happened in my past or something, you know, and you go, why did I go to that today? Why did I remember that? Why did that bother me today? You know, and, you know, then starting to think about coming up with a strategy for it. So uh, cut the noise. I, I, I got a whole thing and cut the noise on, um, focusing on the stumbling blocks, which is to really identify when something doesn't work, why didn't it work? And again, how can we come up with a more useful strategy for it? So it's pretty yeah. cool. Real self-awareness around your thoughts and how every decision is a choice. Yeah. I love that. Christy, you hit it on the head. I mean, that's it to me. You know, it's just being conscious of what's going on and, and, and also at the same time, not overthinking it, you know, being, being conscious and then, all right, what's your strategy, right? You know what I mean? And then so, get on with your day. <laughs> get on with your day, right? That's exactly right. It's, I don't, I don't want anyone to misinterpret this and think that I'm, I'm sitting here saying, oh, you got to spend your time and your whole life thinking about every little thing. It's really not that. My, my strategy is action. My strategy is what works, what doesn't work, and, you know, figure out what, what, what trips you up, um, figure out what makes you angry, sad, upset, get rid of that, or new strategy for it. And, and that's really what I've tried to do is just give people very simple tools to, to just become more effective. Yeah. And it's a daily thing as well. It's something that, you know, we are all human and we are going to fall off the bandwagon. So being able to be aware of that on a daily basis is really important. So when you think about, is there something that you do every morning that sets you up for your day? Um, I, I, yes. And that is my plan the night before. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so, the, 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 I'll tell you my, I mean, I, and I don't know, I've got three kids, you know, and if my wife and I are trying to get our three kids ready for school in the morning, <laughs> it's a disaster, right? I mean, everyone's in panic stations, right? Where's the clothes? Where's the, I need my school, I need my tie, I can't find my, my, my sport, you know, look, everything's, it's chaos. Lunch, right? If you're planned and packed the night before, it's orderly. And it's absolutely no different with adults, right? If you wake up in the morning and you're running around, don't know what you're going to wear, you're trying to figure out where your clothes is, you're trying to figure out where your bag is, I had some notes around here somewhere I needed for today, boom, disaster, right? So again, to me, I'm a big believer in planning your week out, a fairly detailed plan on Sunday night or whatever, where you go through your week and and. And people always say, you know, but so much changes, you know, I just sort of say, if you can work 70% to a fairly, a fairly detailed plan, if you can work 70% to that, I bet you'll triple your output. Mm, totally. <laughs> you know, like, like forget that, and, and who cares? Something happens, it throws me off my plan, 10 seconds of guilt, move on. I'm not going to focus on it. I'm just going to say, oh, well, it happened. Like, why did that happen? Is there a better way I could have done it next time? But really, I, I just think planning is, you know, sitting down the night before again, going through tomorrow, right? That's yeah. that's it because, I, and again, I don't know. Not everybody's as busy as I am, but, in you know, in my busy world, um, I don't have the luxury of just, you know, you know I've got to be organized and I've got to be ready to go. 
Yeah, because we spend so much brain power on decisions we make every day. Like, why not set them out weeks in advance? Like, it's so silly to decide every morning what you're going to have for breakfast. Like, totally true. And and you know what? Successful people are are, are organized. It's, you know, I, yeah. There's so I, success leaves clues, right? I mean, it's it's uh, you know. It, you want to go find where people are successful, but you're going to hang out there and you can find out the way people, you know, if, uh, if you ever walk into a TAB uh, or a pub at like two in the afternoon, there's probably not a lot of success clues there, I would say. <laughs> right. But you see people betting on the horses at like two in the afternoon. It's probably not a success clue, right? That's, uh, you know, probably not a lot of Mercedes, surrounding the TAB, you know? Yeah, true. So you stop, but, and, and, and I'm, I'm really just saying, think about what do successful people do and apply those very simple tools to, to your life. And, and, you know, again, most people can accelerate their success very quickly. So what does this success mean to you? Success, well, in Cut the Noise, I talk about there are six things that are important to human beings. Um, and the six things that are important to human beings, number one is family. Uh, number two is, is obviously I'll, I'll put, you know, work in there, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, as, as that I'll put three friends, you know, and these are in no particular order. Um, four is going to be, uh, some sense of, of, of health. And I think obviously, you know, what that means. Number five is going to be me time, me time. There we go. You know, Something for yourself that, you know, brings you back to center. And number six is community. And I say community. People can interpret community and whatever's important to them on a, on a more, you know, broader spectrum, whatever that means to people, community. Mm-hmm. So those are the six things. And, and, and I, I, I think where we, where we get confused is that we feel guilty when we're not perfect at all those six things. And we're constantly striving, like, again, the – you know, you want to go to the gym, but you feel guilty because you had to work. And I think dialing into those six things and having some goals around those six things and, and just being clear that, you know, we're, we're working towards a level of focus on those areas of our life. Um, I think it's important to be amazing with your family, right? I mean, there's an important piece to the puzzle when you have children or whatever it is. But at the same time, not obsessed to where you don't do anything else, right? I mean, uh, you know, we, that is just that we're focused when we're there and we're empowering them with modeling in other areas, right? Important to be successful at your work. It gives people a lot of pride. Now, it doesn't matter what that is. And it's not about money. It's important that we're growing. I think that we're coming up with ideas. And so I think that's a sign of success is that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're expanding. We're, we're getting better, um, you know, around, around work. I think friends that we really dial in and enjoy our friends, that's success. You know, we enjoy the people that are around us and we, and we help them and we love them. And it's, it's beautiful. I, I think in terms of health that you've got something right that, around that. Now, again, everything, we look at these things, you know, I meet people all the time and, and health is so much a part of their life. Mm. And you go, well, again, is that useful? Um, maybe, um, you know, but, or, or health is not a part of their life. So again, I think it's finding, finding that level of success for each individual person. Um, and obviously me time to schedule some me time. What does that look like for people? And I, you know, that's a walk down the beach or that's a yoga class or, or that's reading a book and, you know, just having weird. So just shutting down the noise, man, cutting out the noise and, 
just have a little time to collect your thoughts and get your stress levels down. That's success. And, and then I'll find the six, number six is what you can give back. And, you know, um, one of my things and cut the noise that I talk about is, um, you know, we are, we're most happy as human beings when we are contributing and whatever that means to each individual person listening to this, that's fine. But, but, you know, when you look out and, and for me, if I'm going to, you know, back to speaking, but I mean, if you feel like, you know, people, it made a difference to people, like giving is way more rewarding than receiving and that's success. Um, you know, which is, mm-hmm. which is just really big, you know, it's big to have gratitude and, you know, not hang on to chips from the past is success. Forgiveness is success. And we're not, you know, and, you know, I talk, <laughs> I talk and cut the noise about, you know, forgiving, right? Just whatever it is. And, you know, that doesn't mean we compare degrees of suffering because there's always a person who goes, ah, my situation was harder than your situation. Um, or, you know, but it's not that. And it's not about comparing degrees of suffering. Everybody suffers. Everybody has pain. Everybody has hard times. Bad things happen to everybody. And, you know, it's useful to just get rid of some of those chips on our shoulder, you know, um, that's success. So, you know, it's, it, it's all those things to me. Yeah. And people so, so many times focus on um, forgiveness being about the other person. Whereas if you bring it back and forgive for yourself and be able to, you know, cut the cords and sort of push that aside, it's about you being a better version of yourself, not necessarily letting that person off the hook. Perfectly put. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, you know, it's interesting. I, um, <laughs> I mean, one of the ideas in the book that I talk about is our approach to every day, right? And you were asking me about getting ready and this whole thing of forgiveness. Um, but tying in with this, um, one of the one of the things I talk about is a belief system in the in, in cut the noise is called love, not fear, right? And this idea that if we if we approach things fearfully you're going to be less successful, right? So if prospecting, let me go back to business, sales, prospecting, I'm fearful that I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to be less successful at that than if I say I love prospecting or I love building this or creating this. Or you know, If you approach something with love, not fear, you're going to be more successful. As a speaker, you ask me about what I say. If I'm fearful, not nervous, but fearful, and I'm just like, oh, my God, people are going to hate me. This is terrible. And instead of what did I say, I said, I love speaking. This is a mm. gift. This is a joy. Um, if you went into a relationship and your whole thing is, um, I have to hold on to this relationship so tight, um, you know, you're probably, you're going to strangle that relationship. You're like, oh my God, they're going to cheat on me or they're going to, you know, they're going to break up with me or, you know, that's fear, right? And it's going to strangle the relationship instead of actually approaching it and go, I love this person. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but can't predict the future, but I'm going to love this person. And, and that's what all I can control. Mm. Um, love, not fear. You know, there's a, you know, it, it is, a, it, it's sort of a cool thing. And I think it ties into that forgiveness piece and, and that's in the book too. Yeah. It's a great concept. That's awesome. So you'd mentioned a little bit about gratitude. How important is gratitude in your everyday life? I think just gratitude to me, I think there's two things to that. I think, I mean, for me, you know, gratitude is the cornerstone of useful belief in that, in that, you know, just having, it, it allows you to see stuff, right? I mean, when you're grateful, you open that part of your brain that's the filter to see beautiful things. I think mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I think that that's there. And I think 
gratitude is one of those things that multiplies um, where if, if I, you know, am grateful, gratitude to me creates more things to be grateful for. Mm. But, you know, I think if you start to think about gratitude, you find more beautiful things. Um, and I think most people would be surprised by that. Yeah, definitely. And even like heading into Christmas, you know, in a couple of weeks, oh, a week and a bit, I should say, it's interesting. Like if you came at it from that love, not fear and having gratitude for what you have, imagine how that can completely change the experience of, you know, in that environment with family and extended family. So many people have not necessarily issues, but they have times where it can be difficult at Christmas. So I think coming into it from that aspect is a great way to look at it. A thousand percent. And yeah, totally. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't. What a, it's a great live example of it. Well done. Yeah. So now that we're heading about to head into the new year, do you like to set new year's resolutions or how do you go about setting your goals for the year? Well, again, I, I'd, I'd probably suggest, you know, it's always a person who goes, I set a new year's resolution every year and then I break it on the 6th of January. Uh, so, um, so I think with that in mind, ask yourself, uh, is, has it been useful in the past to set a New Year's resolution? Did it work? And if it didn't work, why didn't it work? Um, so I'd probably, you know, like, for example, let's just say you did want to make a shift in your life and you're thinking, but hang on, I'm on holidays from the 2nd to the 10th, uh, where, you know, and all of a sudden they say, oh, I'm not. I'm not eating food, uh, you know. Well, that's probably not a really good, uh, useful, useful goal, right? You know, so I probably would think, you know, if you looked at those six things that are important to people, I think it's a great time of the year to reset. Um, be realistic about it, you know, and, and I think, you know, there's so much noise. We don't have to be perfect. Start thinking about what would get you going in the right direction, you know, I mean, it is a little bit of a cliche, but it's, it is like, you know, you sit back and take one step, right? You go, this is, this is, and now it's going to be something I'm going to do. Next thing you know, 28 days have gone by, 45 days have gone by, and you've taken 45 steps, right? Or you've taken 33 positive steps and 12 bad steps, whatever. But either way, you're 21 steps ahead, right? Um, and I think, I think that that's, you know, you know, again, stop beating ourselves up. So New Year's resolutions, I just don't want them set up for you to fail, to feel bad about yourself. Because my whole thing is, you know, let's be nice to ourselves. Let's, you know, start thinking about what's important. Focus on those things and, and set some, some realistic change for ourselves. You know what? I actually, a lot of times I see speakers and they talk about transformation. Like, you got to be transformed, right? And they get a little carried away out there. Um, Oh, I don't think most people want to be transformed. I think most people want to just improve the quality of their life and hmm. uh, want peace and want calm and want success and want all those things we spoke about, right? Maybe they want more money or more promotion. Maybe they want all, whatever it is for them. But I think, I think it is useful action that's going to get them there. It is, you know, and again, not setting ourselves up to fail is an important part hmm. and it's, it's not useful. So what are you excited about for 2018? What am I excited about? What a good question. You know, I, I, I mean, 
obviously, you know, moving moving family stuff to the side is uh, I can't quite believe I have a, a you know I've got one son heading into year twelve this year, which is uh, unbelievable. And you know, I've got uh, I'm excited as my three boys are, are are doing amazing things and and just watching them grow. And uh, I think that's number one thing I'm excited about is watching Jake, watching Billy, watching PJ, watching these guys, you know, just change and grow. Um, moving family to the side. What I'm excited about. I am really excited about this book, Cut the Noise. It is, it is a, it's the best thing I've done. It's the most, most relevant thing because we live in this world today. You know, I, I had, I had this woman say to me, she said, I heard you talk about Cut the Noise. And she said, and then I started to think about useful action every day. And she said, I, this woman said, I, I'd suffered some anxiety and disorder and depression my whole life. And she said, you know, uh, you got up and, she said, you can imagine, everybody told me to be positive my whole life. Everyone told me to be positive. And she said, you got on stage, said, positive thinking doesn't work. And how do we get rid of the noise? And she said this, which I, I just loved. She said, this is months later, she came to me and she said, I wake up every day now and I think to myself, what's the most useful thing for me to do to get through today, right? And she said, I've just eliminated the noise and I'm focused on those things. And this is the coolest thing she said. She said, I'm happier than I've ever been. Now, the interesting thing about that is if you think about our society, everybody's searching for happiness. I mean, searching for happiness is actually a thing, right? I mean, the search for happiness, right? It's actually a thing. No, it's like, where, it's like, where's happiness? Like, where is it? Where'd I leave it? Uh, where, I, I can't find it. Where, let's, like, maybe I left it at the health spa in Byron. I, I don't know. Where, I don't know where it is. Um, but she said this by, you know, living this useful life. The byproduct is happiness. I mean, isn't that a cool thing? Like happiness is the byproduct of a full life. Mm. It's, not, it's not on the front side, you know. Search for it's like you ever going to a um, you ever going on holidays and you only had like seven days of like a short holiday, or and, and, and you and like at the end of day two you're not relaxed. And what are people saying? They're like, God, it's two days in and I'm not relaxed. Like, like you know, I'm good. It's like it doesn't work like that. Like you, you don't just go. I'm going to find happiness or I'm going to find relaxation. It's like go for a walk, you know, and, and, and the relaxation will be the byproduct of just calming your mind, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we look for things like uh, happiness when I think really that should be the byproduct of useful action, cutting the noise, identifying what's important, focusing on those things, and stop feeling guilty about everything and stop needing to be perfect. Mm, awesome. Very cool. So if you were to be able to give someone some advice or maybe some advice someone's given you over the years for someone who's looking to pursue their passions in life, what would you say? Well, okay. Well, I, I think, I think first of all, um, I actually think this is a, a, a really important piece. Um, there's really got to be three parts to it. Um, and this, you can hold any passion you've got up to this light. Um, number one, are you passionate about it? That's important, right? Because, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think the most successful people are passionate about their business. That's, so let's, let's tick that. Now let's say it is a passion. Now we've got to hold it up to the light of two other things. Um, number two, are you any good at it? Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't mean that in any other way than, uh, you know, I would love, I'm five foot eight and there's nothing I would love more than if the Los Angeles Lakers would draft me and I could play point guard for the Lakers, right? 
Yeah. Unfortunately, my passion is going to be unsuccessful because I am not a good enough basketball player to get drafted. Right? Yeah. All right. Not much need for a for a five eight point guard in their forties. Um, third, uh, and I think this this is is it sustainable? So. Um, Again, how does it work? Like, so let me go business first. This does it make you money? Uh, and here's an example: because is it sustainable? Is it something you can actually do that you could actually create an entire life about? So, like, example would be: I'm just going to pick a silly example, like knitting or crochet, right? Crochet with yarn, right? If you could be the best crocheter in the whole world, you could be the, the best. You could be passionate about crochet, but at the end of the day. You're going to be at a market in Umundi selling these for $8 a piece, right? Yep, there's no yep. sustainability, right? There's not sustainability. So there's no money in it. And, and so therefore, it's going to fail as a business idea. So those three things have to be in place. Um, I see a lot of athletes, you know, speak to a lot of athletes, work with a lot of athletes who are very talented. Yes, there's money in, in, in AFL football, in NRL. Yes, there's money, and yes, you're amazing at it, but where they fall down and why their careers end up six years shorter than they should have been is because they don't actually really don't like football that much, <laughs> right? And, and this happens all – you've got to be – it's those three. It really – you know, and, and I think – now, you might say to me, the passion doesn't have to make money, and that's fine. That We're probably talking about a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're asking me about someone, like, wants to be – uh, has a passion to make a business about something. I think it's got to hold up to those three. You got to be passionate about it. You have to be good at it, right? Or at least have the potential to be good at it. And 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 you've got to be able to make money, um, because and, and I see a lot of people that kid themselves and they haven't. And even though they go, oh, this would be a really good idea. I'd love to open that kind of coffee shop. That's a really good idea because I make the best coffee. But the problem is there's no market, right? For for whatever they're looking to do. So, you know, you do have to tick those three boxes. Yeah, awesome. Great advice. Thank you. Cool. No worries. So if people are wanting to reach out and buy your book, where would they be able to find that? They could go many places, but uh, the best place to go would be to go to chrishelder.com. Um, if they can't remember that, they could just, uh, they could just Christine, look at who the speaker or who your interview was today with Chris Elder, and they could add the letters. They could add .com to that. So <laughs> ChrisElder.com. Uh, you know, the cool thing too is there's tons of videos. Uh, they can go to YouTube. Uh, tons of videos on ChrisElder.com as well. Um, three books are available. The Ultimate Book of Influence for anybody who's wanting to improve their ability to influence other people. Uh, useful Belief, uh, we've talked about, and the brand new book, uh, which will be in bookstores first of February. I know in all the airport bookstores, it's already book of the month. Uh, uh, in February in news links, uh, uh, the airports, uh, it's going to be good. And we'll be doing a lot of TV and promo stuff for it. It's, um, it's going to be really good. And I, again, I think that's, you asked what I'm excited about. I just think if we can help people just gain clarity and cut the noise, we're going to be a happier society. And, and that would be awesome. Mm. That is awesome. And I just want to acknowledge you for really putting that out there. Cause that's a huge thing to be able to eliminate guilt for a lot of people. That's a massive mission. And, it really is needed. So thank you so much for doing the work. Let's be nice to ourselves. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be, this world. And, uh, and no doubt, Christine, we live in the most beautiful place in, the mo- in this world. Uh, like I'm just very grateful to be in Australia. It's, uh, it's amazing. 
Very true. Well, thank you so much for everything today. I really appreciate your energy and your insights and your useful beliefs, which has been amazing. And um, I make sure I'll put all the links in the show notes so everyone can check out where to follow you and check out where to find your book. And I just want to, yeah, thank you so much for today. I had fun. Thank you, Christine. Cheers. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope your 2018 is awesome. You too. Thanks Be well. So all right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.